if someone ever wanted to play games, I could be like, yes, this is where those mozzarella sticks are from. Hello out there. Hello world. Large world. Big world. Lovely world. Um, welcome to Five Fins, the favorite podcast of probably most people. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We're like only behind a couple people. Yeah. Probably the daily probably gets more listeners than us. <laughs> we don't need to bring maybe maybe now's not the time to bring up a lot of controversial popular podcasts, let's just say. Nope. Let's just say we're uh we're, we're pretty much the most popular podcast that uh, you haven't heard of yet. We're 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 like, you know how they say like that people are above something? Like I'm above we're above that literally <laughs> in a metaphysical sense. <laughs> literally. Floating. Literally in a non-literal way, we are literally <laughs> the greatest podcast of all time. Um, well, boy, sorry, Dan- it had to be said, but not sorry. Also, <laughs> and it didn't have to be said. <laughs> we uh, bring the heat. We're like a little kindling. Uh, here we are for uh, episode ten, Dan, of the podcast. We made Whoa. it. Whoa! Good job, everybody. Insert clapping noises here. <laughs> and I have to say that we need to preface this podcast by saying I got an email asserting to me that uh, we have been ranked number 42 in music commentary podcasts in the great country of finland oh my gosh insert more clapping noises because of how happy i am we did it if there's anywhere that i wanted to be ranked 42nd it would be finland it really Finns are wonderful people i I read the email at least six times before i believed it was real i'm like is this a really like i didn't because i didn't get the joke or uh, so maybe there's just exactly 42 music here's <laughs> music podcasts and <laughs> <laughs> if that's music commentary podcasts well i mean they get all pot you know they would have access as long as there's internet access for, for full disclosure yeah. i did a lot of research for this episode i did not delve into finnish uh podcast charts you have me on that but what i can say is that okay for you and i i would say i don't know if this email is legitimate or not hopefully it is but I would just like to say that this, <laughs> for you and I, this is the Super Bowl, right? Like for I, I feel like right now I'm Cooper yes. Cup, uh, you know, receiving the MVP trophy, just being like I couldn't have done it without my co-host. When we started this thing, somebody who is we like would joke about what would happen Matt if Stafford. we were like ranked 42 on a Scandinavian country's podcast charts, and uh, and here we here I am. So uh, I couldn't have done it without you, bud. So thank you so much, and uh, I think. I'm kind of confused as to whether or not it might just be because we say fins a lot, but if that's the only reason people like us, I'm also kind of down for that, you know? Like, Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> if they want to interpret it as us saying, like, instead of the fin of an animal, that we're saying, like, fins, this like, many fins, yeah, like, people. as that people? From absolutely. Finland. Go yeah. ahead. So um, we're as open to this as anybody. Avant-garde, baby. So what we're trying to say is that uh, we're not going to stop until until we are the number one commentary music commentary podcast in Finland. So, and only Finland. And if yeah, and if that happens, then I think that's going to be like our big Cypress moment where we have to really seriously look at each other and be like, should we just break up now? You know, because we did the thing. Right. But if that's going to be a big be, moment. That would be like know? what we wanted to reach. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but for now, who knows how long away that is? Yeah, exactly. For, I'm settled for in. For now, now, we got yeah. For now, we got a hill to climb. But we want to thank uh, we want to thank the people of the great nation of Finland uh, for their support Greatest. right out of the gate. But we have a lot to talk about. Um, first of all, we ha- we are going to cover a fish show that took place 
oh. on October 23rd <laughs> of 2013. Oh. And uh, is it safe to say we were at this show? Because I would say. Safe to? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Guarantee. Not unless we get verification from other people. Yeah, we need. Which we can't. So, yeah, w- who knows? We're just going to have to take our word yes. for it that we were 100% actually in attendance <laughs> for this performance. We seen it with our own we eyes saw them. and ears. Yep. We heard it. We saw them We <laughs> saw them with our ears and, and heard them with our eyes. And it was. Yeho. And it was. Uh, boy, did we. Boy. <laughs> and how. <laughs> At the uh, October 23rd, 2013 at the Glens Falls Civic Center, it was the first performance that Fish had done at the Glens Falls Civic Center since an historic Fish show that took place on Halloween of 1994. Wow. The band played Which also, yeah. the White Album in its entirety no. for their first ever Halloween musical costume performance. So that happened. And years and years later. Which White Album? The the by the Beatless, um, oh yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to the whole okay, thing I got once you. the show starts. Yeah, you can. We you can, can break it down, but yeah. um, but we were there for the performance in 2013. Yeah, I just I just had to say uh, th- there's a lot we have to get to, but um, you know, as the co-host of a fish podcast, I feel like it would be potentially irresponsible <laughs> to not bring up the fact that since the last time we talked i've i've met a member of the band fish and this is not this is not a joke (laughs) i wasn't there i didn't see it i don't know well (laughs) i kid um it's the first time i'm hearing about this that's uh (laughs) that that's that's a lie but uh (laughs) i'm just a full i'm just full of those today it it was a while ago now it was actually I, i guess basically two months ago but um yeah, I mean, I I happen to work at a local uh, uh, music theater, um, and so they uh, staged a show with um, Leo Kaki, the great Leo Kaki, and and Mike Gordon, who we know from this podcast as being like you know the bass player of Fish, but uh, also from friend being Mike, Mark, yeah, friend of the pod, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> shout out, and uh, no, I mean, uh, you know. I, it's not a situation where I, w- I got to talk to him for a long period of time or anything like that, but um, I did talk to him for a for a limited amount of time, and uh, he was he was he was very friendly and nice. Um, I told him that I saw him in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which I I saw with you, so um, I didn't bring you up, but you know you technically <laughs> exist in his psyche <laughs> in some ways. Pretty uh, pretty interesting to see just to see him, even when I you know. I didn't interact with him that much, but just to sort of be around him and his presence and realize, like, oh, yeah, he's a guy, you know? <laughs> you see him acting like he's at work, you know, doing his thing. But You bothered him at work? Yeah, I did, yeah, I did a little bit. <laughs> what I would say is that um, the best thing that happened was he kind of wandered back into the work area where we were and uh, was just, like, staring out the windows, and I got to uh, tell him that the building that uh, the show was at used to be an old bank, and so he was like, oh, is there a vault? Like, he was excited. So cool. Like, I got to talk about bank vaults with Mike Gordon, I think. And then, then <laughs> the Ocean's Eleven type music started. Yeah. And you left at the room at the same time. And next thing yep. you know, you guys are in, down at the bottom of the bank. <laughs> there was. Uh, people are going, what are you doing down there? We can hear you playing that loud music <laughs> everywhere you go. This isn't quiet at all. It's echoing all throughout the place. Yeah, he, he, he was very nice and uh, and very well dressed as, as he is. <laughs> and the show was really fun to, to watch him and 
the amazing Leo Kotke, who I got to see uh, at that venue many, many years ago when I was when I was young. So to work there is great, um, partially because of him. Yeah, when I was when I was a boy, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was a good time. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, um, I never. It's funny. Like, as much as I love the band, I never really like dreamed about meeting a band member. You know, like that was never something where I thought like, oh, that I got to make that a priority. S- but uh, <laughs> it kind of <laughs> fell into my lap, so I'd like to uh, to to shout out, uh, yeah, the uh, the Troy Semmings Bank Music Hall, and uh, we were, oh. yeah, they were uh, the facilitators of this uh, inadvertently, you know, because it was <laughs> and the gig was announced well, like after I, yeah, well, we were actually featured in their staff newsletter, so there's also that, but um, oh. uh, <laughs> I wonder if there is an identical theater of the same thing in finland and it's like that's how they know maybe that's it is maybe there's a troy finland maybe the newsletters got sent to the wrong theater on accident <laughs> and they were all like oh this podcast is really cool let's get into it a little bit so like i mentioned we are talking about the october 23rd 2013 show from yeah glenn's falls civic center in in glenn's falls hockey New arena yeah we're in an old-fashioned hockey arena just uh, doing it out. Did, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you, but I that year, 2013, I went to see an Adirondack Phantoms game in the Glens Falls Civic Center, and this was like oh, af- no after we bought our tickets. And I remember being in there, being like, "Fish is gonna play here, this place." Like after seeing them at like you know, NSG and SPAC, right. and, you know, these big places, I was like, "They're gonna play like this arena," because obviously, um, you and I had been a fan of the and are fans of uh, the 1994 Halloween performance, specifically the first set, right? Which I think is like maybe the yeah, greatest first set first they've ever the, done, but uh, right up there. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing with the Harpua. Yeah. With War Pigs. And the great Divided Sky and the Frankenstein opener. There's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of good things to Goldie. say. Sparkle, simple. the first my first like real exposure to fish also live track live fish 13 it was like yeah. the first real thing so it was full circle in my fish exposure <laughs> exposure <laughs> and i also remember thinking yeah same thing once we got there i was like wow once we got inside i was like man that's like we are on almost on top of the stage and we're <laughs> we're like at the back of the arena <laughs> yeah i mean i was gonna say like uh in terms of like preliminary memories of this i remember buying the tickets online the day that they came out what i remember about that was that i was on the glens falls civic center like actual you know website and (laughs) right before the ticket it was like you know they're supposed to go on sale at noon i think was what it was so i like you know just as a test at like 11 50 i went on their uh you know clicked like the buy tickets button and it said, like, do you have an account on our website? And I was like, oh, shit. So, like, I mean, you know, I just really quickly, like, made an account on the Glens Falls Civic Center website. <laughs> and then when noon hit, I hit the button, and it was, like, first available seats. And so 
I remember grabbing them and texting you and being like, I got two tickets. <laughs> I think we're in the lower bowl at Glens Falls. Like, and then, oh, man. Um, but what's funny about that, too, is like for I don't think I get them anymore, but for a long time I was still getting like Glens Falls Civic Center related <laughs> emails about like, oh, yeah, you know, these, uh, this event is coming with Glens Falls Civic Center. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, I, I still remember that event. Yeah, the the whole experience of the small town of Glens Falls and stuff too is just so neat. And it was fall time too. So it kind of fit with the 94 show already. Right. And then, you know, the the brewery that we went to was really cool. Yeah. And uh, the whole story, right. Cause you came down the night before. I also remember we, we hit up a bar around here the night before, but then when we went up the next day, (laughs) do you remember this? We parked the car. I can't remember like if we print, we must've like, we didn't have, smartphones so we must have printed out the directions or something but yeah yeah we you know we got out of the car we started walking down the road and we talked we talked to this hot dog vendor <laughs> do you remember this yeah he was like uh he was kind of on about it. he's like yeah man you know usually i'm like more downtown when stuff's going on but like they're not letting me like hang out downtown and we're like like the cops are like not letting like people hang out like between such and such and such and such streets you know <laughs> damn and we're yes. like, okay. yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a whole deal. Uh, he's like, yeah, you're here for the show, whatever. I can't remember. I think we, I probably bought a hot dog. I think one of us, I probably bought something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you bought <laughs> yeah, a hot dog. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, <laughs> like you said, we went to the Davidson uh, Brewery, Davidson Brothers. The beer is very good. <laughs> yeah, I, the food was good. Didn't I have some food? You I did, yeah, I had you, had mozzarella sti- you had mozzarella sticks because of Yeah, pressing. that's right. I can't pass those up. <laughs> Anytime they're on the menu, I will order them just to find out, you know? Yeah. And it's gotten to the point where, like, I could tell if if they wanted to, if someone ever wanted to play games, I could be like, yes, this is where those mozzarella sticks are from i can do that for sure you could you could no doubt in my mind if it's frozen ones absolutely yeah i've had them all you could figure it out yeah yep um but do you remember this as well there's anything wrong with that i should mention we were at like i don't want to cast any aspersions against mozzarella sticks (laughs) in any form there's no way that mozzarella sticks took offense to any of the comments that have been made in this podcast so far i just you know and i I don't know how the finnish people feel about (laughs) mozzarella sticks we don't know what the, don't we don't know what the trans, people. We don't know what the translation. Even though is. that is sort of my thing. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's something. <laughs> well, we'll need to figure out. out. Yeah, how to if, k- learn how to say mozzarella sticks in every language, and then we can kind of just send us an email at. Uh, yeah, send us an email. <laughs> um, if if you're out there in Finland, by the way, yes, uh, any any listeners, but any real definitely yeah. people. If anyone out if, there? If anyone's if real? Anyone's real, real and actually listening? Send us an email at fivefinsmailbag at gmail dot com. P h i v e P-H-I-N-S mailbag at gmail.com. Mailbag. We will uh, <laughs> we will definitely answer it because as of right now, the mailbag is completely empty. <laughs> oh, man. And it's kind of, it's sad. So hopefully. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Because we are, we are, we will, yeah. We'll definitely, we will definitely anyone. answer the mailbag. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I, so I remember that moment. And then the thing, we were at Davidson Brothers, and then you and I were at a, uh, you know, like what they would call in the industry a four top, right? It was just you and I, but there were two, you know, empty chairs. Yep. And then what I remember is that this older couple came in yes. looking to sit down, and they were like, do you mind if we sit down with you? And we're like, no, go ahead. So just and like, no, and I- because this was before the world had ended, and you could still sit next to people. Yeah, that's true. It was pre- pre-COVID. <laughs> 
pre pre pandemic. It's so weird. To, how weird is it to think about? I don't want to. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go continue. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say. It was the it was the later days. It's just crazy. Of uh, dates it of it's uh, just dating <laughs> of the it's post twenty post twentieth century later days. We were there, and then this older couple came in. We were talking to them, and I remember like they were from like the Boston. Like they the guy was wearing like a Boston Red Sox jacket or something. So mm. like we were talking about that, and they like they were from New England, and I guess it was something like their their kid was into fish and lived in Glens Falls so they were like coming to meet him after work or something but like old people you know they got right. there early which is always a good move by the way <laughs> shout out to old people but <laughs> they got there yeah. early hanging out so they're hanging out with us and the they were super nice is what I remember about that also but one of the things that was funny yeah they were really cool yeah as we were talking to them the guy at one point went yeah along such and such and such and such streets like that's like where you know, there's a bunch of tents and like weirdo set up, and you and I just immediately were like, "Right, w- what streets? How do you get there? Like, what? what? Yeah, um, where is, where is, where is that? That must be right outside the venue. So where's that? Like, can we get? <laughs> it was like the opposite effect of what he was trying to and say. We set off, and we just shortly yeah, after. That's what I mean. Yeah, and then I remember we got the bill, and they gave us one of those like little things, like questionnaires, like, "Hey, wh- why did you stop by the brewery today?" And you just drew a picture of a fish. <laughs> do you remember that? Of course I did. <laughs> nope. I I remember it. <laughs> that was good. And then I never remember my best moments. And then that's, okay. <laughs> that's why we have the podcast, so then I can remember. Exactly. But I remember Shakedown because it was miserably cold. It was cold. It was a cold rainy. night. Uh, yeah, and it was kind of yeah, it was it was and uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Like it was uh, it was really cool. I thought to see them in a small town. I mean, I know it's like people would say there's no way it's anywhere near the same or something, but I guess it did feel a little bit more to me like what seeing them was like maybe in a, in a different time in their history, like in the early 90s, you know, than some of the shows we've been to or pretty much all the shows we've been to in some ways just because right. it wasn't like just throngs of people everywhere at like an outdoor thing or MSG, which is amazing. Like MSG, all MSG shows are like amazing to watch, but you're yeah, at MSG, area you know, MSG. You're, yeah, yeah, you're at like this giant, arena like whereas um yeah th- this did feel weirdly like maybe this is what it was kind of like when you just had a couple tapes and you would just show up to this <laughs> weird place and i don't know obviously 2013 is not the early 90s there's a lot of difference but it was well i definitely think that one thing you can take that you can say was definitely like back in the day was that we made a, a couple we met a couple people along the way that were just very interesting yeah um yeah it was like we were still you know kind of new in a way but we had been to some shows it was kind of like the perfect moment i mean uh none that summer though i don't think yeah right well we had oh no you did well that summer i mean that summer we had seen the spe- the third spac show together so um oh uh it was that show yeah from from gotcha. 13 where we were inside the pavilion remember that oh i remember yep. which show yeah. it is <laughs> but if we want to uh I say we, but it's really an I thing. Let's admit it. Uh, kind of go back to the, <laughs> go back to the era, <laughs> of uh, of twenty thirteen. I mean, for fish, this is kind of like uh, one of those things where I was kind of interested in like preparing for this podcast in a bunch of different ways, and then I thought, you know, if there's one thing I'm kind of prepared to to do in my life above ev- a lot of other things, it might be like hyping up twenty thirteen as an era for fish. <laughs> like that might, that might be like something I'm good at. Uh, so. What I was going to say about it is that I feel like when I go back to this period of time, um, first of all, this fall tour as it was happening was 
was was pretty well hyped i would say by the by the fish community at large this was like a big big deal as a lot of these things were happening um obviously sort of a big deal yeah exactly <laughs> uh there obviously we had the tahoe tweezer during the summer tour we had i think the split open and melt from spec is kind of a precursor to that type of jam but hey what do i know um we had <laughs> the uh jack disc torture from from dicks that ended up also with the kind of the tahoe uh tweezer uh woos happening at the end of it so it was kind of oh, i love the woos. it was kind of it was the beginning of that and it was the sort and there was also the chicago run that had the rain so it was a really iconic summer tour in a lot of ways there was a lot going on with it but i would say um the fall tour as it was happening i remember just kind of this reaction being like this is actually they've, they've kind of come back to even among the people who are almost like most, <laughs> I guess, jaded at the time, uh, that there was a re- the first reaction that the kind of 3.0 era could kind of, in some ways, reach for or equal the earlier eras. And I think the Tahoe performance obviously had a lot to do with that. But uh, the fall tour as as a whole was a pretty big deal for the uh, for the fish. Uh, you know, for the fish community crowd, especially on like the fish.net forums and, and, and such places. But it was. A what about in Finland? In Finland, maybe. I don't know if they were. Maybe, uh, did they get on board after the Fairly Well shows? Who knows? You know, I don't know when. We need the That's timeline. That's a great question. We need the whole timeline. <laughs> Email us the timeline at 5fensmailbag <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to it, I actually listened to a bunch of specifically kind of the big jams of this period and I, I think what I'm picking out at the time was that um, it felt really new and revolutionary at the time and what I realized listening back is that it has the energy sort of of the the earlier years of the 3.0 era like we did a 2012 show last time from Jones Beach and that has like you know a ton of energy in it and uh I would say a little bit less exploratory jamming uh, for sure than some of the shows we've covered. Yes. And, uh, and this one, this show is interesting because I feel like you can hear really clearly the, you know, the bridge between those two eras. And, you know, when you think about it timeline wise, we, you know, in terms of new releases from fish, like we haven't heard anything from them since joy technically at this point, you know, um, and that's about to change really fast <laughs> because they they debut uh, the wingsuit set, which will become Fuego. And then obviously there's all the studio albums, plus the new Halloween sets, plus the Trey song. So the we're still in this period of time that's like we're in the very, very last throats of this time where Joy was still the newest output. And I think the amount that they were practicing for the Fuego sessions plus just being a band on the road again for at this point four years since they'd reunited led to this really kind of amazing place and a lot of the if you look at the set list like the dynamically in terms of like different song choices (laughs) you're definitely it's it's pretty funny compared to now because like it's nowhere near as as diverse like they would do a lot of the same songs kind of but um it's 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 right that doesn't start changing until after baker's does right? right and or, or even like a little bit after 
after this when they had more flexibility with more originals and stuff but um it it kind of feels like uh to me like the beginning slash end of an era you know sort of like the <laughs> the end of the the early part of their comeback and now into what they what they've become but you know especially as we go through the show it's like they're they're, they're nowhere near as exploratory as they've become but at the time it really was crazy how far out they could go on some of these jams that so that's my that's oh, as far out far man. out man <laughs> that's so that's my uh that's my uh that's my yeah whole spiel. i really do agree with that though i was listening to some of the um like 2013 jam compilations that are available right yeah it's kind of uh yeah it's just very it's, it's different uh, a lot more type 2 style type stuff starting to happen and very clearly an uh, early step in the evolution of what we get now. And especially like you were saying with the Tava Tweezer and stuff, and now they just bust out like three of those, four of those even sometimes a tour. It's crazy. Right. They've just become so much more, uh, it, yeah, it's become so, so much easier for them in some ways, but I think this kind of paved the way. Plus, these shows are also just really fun to listen back to. Like, they're just, they're so right. full of energy. And I think uh, the thing that stands out for me is that they get really exploratory without necessarily going a long time. Like the jams yeah. reach their right, um, right. different different place with their different sound rather quickly. Um, and I, I like that. I think that's cool. Because it, it makes for shorter shows, which I don't like. But I also do like that it's it's like a really nice demonstration of what they are capable of. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, the term, the term micro jams was around to describe the 2011-2012 era where it would be like, okay. well, you know, they played this Harry Hood for nine minutes, but as a micro jam, it was pretty good, kind of meaning like, you know. I like that term. Yeah, like they played this jam and it didn't, it wasn't super long, but it it, it was explored, to, it, like it, it hit different territory. I don't know. I, I, I really feel like at the time following this, following Fish in this year as closely as I did and following, uh, these fall shows as, as closely as I did was really rewarding. So to see them on this tour at a venue that you and I were both like really already excited about seeing them at based on this older show and all these things, uh, all added up to like a really, really fun time. Is that, is that yep. safe to say? No disappointments. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm excited to talk about the show. It's really nice to do one that we were actually at too, because we can be like, this is the way I felt this was, you know, as opposed to just sort of being yes. like, I bet Lemon Wheel was cool. <laughs> like we were, we did, we did good with that. I thought, but it was, you know, we have firsthand experience, which is always um, valuable, right? Yes, primary source. Primary sources. That's our new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we make that, and people are like, "Why is it not true crime?" And we're like, "I don't know. It's just not." Oh, that would be so clever. It would sources. just be reading like any primary source, just yeah. like a. Just reading it out loud over time. I, I could saw do that. this. Just do it with a British accent. We just do it with a random accent. <laughs> well, I'd say we're ready to go here. But can I read to you, Dan, the mayoral, mayoral proclamation of the city of Glens Falls that came out on this day? Yeah. Yes, please. So it says, whereas we gather today to celebrate the rock band Fish and its return to the Glens Falls Civic Center some 19 years after the band's legendary 1994 concert in this very arena and... Whereas, since the band's beginnings at the University of Vermont back in 1983, Fish has traveled the world, enthralling fans with a PH shout-out. I love it. 
with its cosmic blend of rock, jazz, blues, country, and other miscellaneous music genres. And yeah, that's a good that's a good description. Whereas the band's popularity has spawned a following of dedicated fans. Ph shout out. Ph yeah. Who follow the band from concert to concert. Should say show to show, but I'm gonna let him slide on that. Gathering on quote unquote Shakedown Street <laughs> to revel in fish and renew friendships. Ph shout out forged during a musical odyssey spanning more than three decades. And was forged with the Ph too. It wasn't. It wasn't. But that's okay. Whereas it is fitting, therefore, that we celebrate fish and its traveling entourage. Therefore, sorry. Now, therefore, be it resolved oh. that I, John A. Diamond. Mayor of the city of Glens Falls, New York, in concert with the Glens Falls Common Council, do hereby declare on Wednesday, October 23rd, 2013, that we've gone fishing in the city of Glens Falls oh. and urge all res- residents to mellow out, <laughs> grab a grilled cheese sandwich, okay. and welcome fish okay. and its fans to our fine city. In witness whereof, Someone. I hereunto set my hand and cause the seal of the city of Glens Falls to be affixed this day, 2013. Uh, sorry, uh, this day, 23rd day of October 2013, signed John A. Diamond, mayor. So there we go. It is officially Gone Fishing Day in the city of Glens Falls. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know that. You know that that mayor was into fish. There's no doubt in my There's mind. There's no way he was not hitting a vape pen. Did they, they didn't have those in 2013, though. This is the old days, people. They would have had them, but it, he he's too. He would if he likes fish. He would have been too cool to have one back then. I love the um, grab a grilled cheese. <laughs> Mellow yeah, that's grab a grilled cheese sandwiches and, and welcome fish and its fans. Ph shout out. Um, so that's such a it's such a flex with a ph <laughs> to say grab <laughs> a grilled cheese. So yes, that that's you saying I've been there, I've seen it, I know, I know what's going on. And to mellow out, I love that. The guy just told this whole town to get high, and they should have. <laughs> when we come back, <laughs> we are going to discuss the October twenty third, twenty thirteen performance at the Glens Falls Civic Center in Glens Falls. New York. We'll be back oh. with more five fins. five fins you couldn't shake us we still came back there's no stopping us this time (laughs) as we are in episode 10 and we are here to discuss the october 23rd of 2013 performance that we attended oh we were there we'd seen it and we went to davidson brothers we went to uh the shakedown we walked around town we went back to davidson brothers at some point and we are now we walked through the security line which did take a little while we're in the venue and we're like hmm it's getting kind of warm in here because it's really weirdly warm in here when this many people are here, <laughs> but it's not overwhelming yet. <laughs> um, and that that tinct that uh that sugar water. Yeah, we were feeling we really had. really good uh, based on uh, sugary candies like Reese's peanut butter cups and 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 the like. That's not me fishing for a sponsor, I swear. Um, 
But hey, if you're out there, that'd <laughs> be so fucking funny. <laughs> so great. Um, we are here to play Five Fins. So let's do a quick recap of how the Five Fins game works. We rank each song on a scale of one to five fins. And the, the wrinkle is that if you rank something uh, below a five, you get those fins back in extras. So example, if I rate something as a three, that means I have two leftover fins, so I can add those to any song that I want. And also, we can roll those fins over between sets and between shows. Do you agree so far? <laughs> I do. <Okay. laughs> so going into today's show, I have 16.5 fins remaining in my Cheater. saddlebag. I'm not cheating. Totally. Because you cheated. Totally playing by the rules. Whereas you have one fin, which I'm going to start calling yep. the Nemo. Oh, oh. Dan's got the Nemo. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. It's it's Ouch. Uh, it's it's dark, but it's true, folks. That's, funny. That's for the millennials out there. Shout out. Glub, glub, blub, blub, blub. So. I have, if I want to give more than five fins, I have a bunch of fins at my disposal, but I'm going to say right out of the gate, they're getting used because we open oh, snap. this show with a song which was originally performed by a band we discussed last time on the show called The Beatless. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, they yeah. are an obscure British band who existed in the 1960s. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, somebody named Pinter Johnson made a documentary about this band. <laughs> um, yeah, I, d I did see that. There were a whole bunch of people that I'd never uh, heard of I guess this guy directed Lord of the Flies before this, but he directed Pinter Johnson. He directed this documentary uh, about the Beatless. So it's, and it shows, it's pretty interesting. It shows, um, it shows uh, uh, James Lemon and uh, Peter McGinty. <laughs> I think we talked about the band members last time, but Peter McGinty, James Lemon, Jorge Henriksen, and uh, and yeah. uh, Richard Starkey. Um, yep. I think Ringo. That's the drummer. And uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting. So if you haven't seen that, check that out for sure. But um, uh, yeah, so you get attached real quickly to the characters. You do. Yeah, like, you know, and you see like them for such an obscure band. Like you really feel. I felt a lot of emotion. You know. Yeah, they had already done the beige album at that point, but they're working on, I guess, basically <laughs> what would become the album Lots of Fleas. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so so it's interesting. I would definitely say to check it out if you haven't. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> going into the show, there was the idea. It's like, are they going to do an homage or anything to the White Album? This is one of the things they did. We will reach the other yeah. one at the end of the broadcast. Uh, <laughs> but... I definitely freaked out for a minute when it happened. You were freaking like, oh, out the oh, whole my. time, but you were definitely freaking out yep. during this. And and yeah, I mean, I I, I just on a personal note, um, I when I was obsessed with the Beatles and obsessed with the White Album, I would like listen to the song over and over and be like, this is like the, this would be like the greatest big concert opener of all time. Like like there's no way you could ever top like opening a giant show with this. And uh, and. I was right because I will say, check it in off. this check it off that in list. the building. This is like one of the most insane responses from a crowd I've ever been in. Plus, you're seeing fish in a five thousand seat 
place and everyone was screaming every single time they hit all these <laughs> things and and the moment that really works is when he says gee it's good to be back home but you know burlington vermont is really not that far away from uh glens falls and so they are actually pretty close to home plus um yeah i feel like this was kind of a home portray maybe during part of his his uh his you know kind of his youth well or or even the the rehab stage i think he like spent time around the area but either way like this this does feel like a very homey show and and just but that response that response just makes the whole thing worthwhile and just uh this was a pretty incredible and life-affirming sort of uh, moment for me i have to admit it kind of makes me emotional but in a good way like i I listen to this uh, every once in a while when i want to get like kind of excited or fired up about something so first of all it gets my most fins it it gets the most amount of fins for my set one songs i will say that so it it scales uh mount iculus is that what we're gonna call it it scales mount iculus sure (laughs) for set one for me and i gave it 10 fins (laughs) my goodness well i i I went with a modest five perfect (laughs) score because i needed to save some fin there i I, I didn't really have anything coming in and 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 i knew that there would be other stuff that i would possibly want to throw some extra i did some i did some uh some saving in the in the first first set here I wanted to throw expectations off too, you know. Everyone's like, "Oh, Dan always is super. He gives all these crazy scores. All these people that don't listen to yeah, this, they're they're, they're all, all like, saying that." Except, oh my gosh, Dan just he just throws out points like crazy. So you know what? I I do, and I'm gonna rein that back slightly, but not really. They're saying all that stuff, but they're but saying it really. in Finnish, so it sounds different. But yeah, exactly. Right. They probably can say it in English, and they can definitely say it better than I can. Uh, but yeah, so I just I just went with a standard five five fans. It was great. I loved it. It was amazing. I kind of rated things listening to them now and tried not to let myself be too impacted by the moment that it happened, but that obviously changed with a couple of the songs. So Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, I, for my own sake, added a wrinkle to the game a little bit where we've talked about the idea of the automatic four, and for songs that I felt that way about, I didn't count that towards my fin ranking thing i just sort of said like oh those are just and but i will say like the beginning of this first set to me is pretty great this is about as perfect as as i can imagine a set list going and so some of these songs like actually really the next two we hit i think are songs i really like but also it's mostly the placement in a way like you know i brought out the placement police before when they have to come (laughs) and make an arrest on the behalf of like joy showing up at a weird time or certain things but um i have the opposite with this with the beginning of this first set this is about as good as it gets for me in terms of uh their placement and uh, that definitely applies to stealing time from the faulty plan which is our next track placement uh placement placement approved yeah placement placement patrol approved uh, (laughs) placement (laughs) like you know, I, I yeah, I don't know what it would be. Lawfully abiding placement. Yeah, lawfully adv- abiding citizen placement. Um, Book abiding placement. We have, yeah, so with stealing time, um, th- there's kind of a lot to get to here uh, in terms of what we think about the song. I'm just going to say I really love it, and I even boosted it beyond a five for placement <laughs> purposes wow. so i went with a 5.5 but what did you rank stealing Jeepers. time from the faulty plan Dan? 
Wow. Well, I also bumped mine, but I gave I I went with a four point two instead of a, a, a normal four, because it's a pretty perfect four. Like, uh, this is a great performance, but yeah, it's a four. I kind of expected it second, right? That's where it comes. I don't know. You're you you've got the reins today, man. I'm this is crazy. We're definitely so we're flipping I again. Was we're flipping. Last last yeah. time I was like, what are you doing with all these scores? And then this week, now I feel like I'm 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 ripping off my guys. You know? Yeah, part of it for me is that this show uh, is one where I've listened to it so much that it's kind of like, I don't know, like Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty or something. Like It's like some some <laughs> album. It's like an album I've listened to so much that I have a hard time discerning different things, too. Like, it's, it's you know, it's one of those. <laughs> but what I would say is that with the Stealing Time, like, I- I'm curious, like, what what are your feelings about Stealing Time, like, in general, like, as a song? Like, are you a pretty, uh, do you like it? As a standalone song, yes, I love it as a standalone. Yeah, me song. too. It yeah. is one of my favorites. Drink, he said, one of his favorites. Uh, hey, but like, do you? What is it about it? That, like, because there's something to me. Like my um, my feeling is like it's kind of um, it's is one of the ones that is a, a like a tiny bit divisive with fish fans. Not like hated, but just sort of like there's a lot of people who I think can kind of really take or leave the song or some people get bothered by like the cliff bar green tea lyric i love that line it it, it ages the yeah, song yeah I'm, I'm not against Wonderful. it but to me it feels like one of the best ones they've done in the vein of like a garage slash bar band could actually do a pretty decent version of this you know it's not it's not yeah. super it's not super complex but it's like got a good it's just a good rock groove and that's kind of all it is but I, I really love it coming after the sort of, hey, we acknowledged our past, but now we're going to do a song from now, quote unquote now, you know, or like what was, I guess, technically the newest Fish album at the time, you know? Per- yeah, it feels like it's perfectly placed. And I guess I'm I, I'm overrating it a little bit because I just love the moment when they change into this song, um, which, you know, in my memory is like a lot shorter than the <laughs> than it is when you listen back to the tape. But uh, it feels like Trey knew exactly where they were going, and they played this and just nailed it perfectly. So I, I, I was all over it. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I, there's a lot of fins heading heading out heading out the door. This, uh, this set. I gotta say. Well, maybe we'll be even by the end. We might be because maybe I can uh, squander. Yeah, because then uh, our next track you once said might be your favorite fish song of all time, which is Water in the Sky. Which is something I've never said about any <laughs> other... Yeah, Water in the Sky is definitely way up there for me. I only went with a four and a half, all right? But again, I, I had nothing to spare at this point. And I, I, you know, like I just... I couldn't give up that one extra fin that I had from before. I had set it aside for very specific purposes. I consider it like my savings account, but of fins uh, from the savings... Uh, yeah. Center, the saving... The, <laughs> the finished savings... Yeah, the finished savings bank. Troy Center... Detroit, the, yes. fin- the Finnish the National Troy Reserve. Center at, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I went with the four and a half, but it is. It's just such. A, it's such a well written song. It sounds like the words, which I say. I feel like I've said that before and a lot, but it sounds like yeah, water in the sky, like the rain sound with the piano and stuff. It's just a beautiful song. It sounds how it should. That's that's the. I feel like the best way to describe it is it's a song that sounds exactly how it needs to sound, and I love it so much. And I gave it a four and a half.
interesting. Yeah, I I, I actually went with a five myself. <laughs> um, I, I guess for me the criteria mostly is placement because I I for like this is the you know this is the fast version. I guess we could say it's not the the country slow down country version. Um, all are good, all are good, but um. For this version, I thought coming after the stealing time kind of raging thing and then bringing it back down, but not, it's not, it doesn't, it's not, a, it's like a, it's a good one because it doesn't kill the energy in the room. You know, it, it keeps, <laughs> it keeps people into it, but it's yeah. like not a brain melter. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a nice, pleasant song. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. And for me, I don't know. I, I guess I, I kind of accounted for in this show um I, I like i knew that i was going to be ranking things like higher than i normally would but i also feel like this period of time deserves these rankings like i think that they were kind of in a different uh space they were in a they were in a really good period that's different than like talking about the last show we heard and like me not getting out as many fans i just feel like they it's like they're a little undercooked <laughs> in that like 2011 2012 <laughs> range you know there's some great jams <laughs> but there's like sections of shows that feel a little a little flat and to be honest the second half of this first set i think there's a little bit of that going on but for this first part i'm, I'm really into mm. it so i i love water in the sky and uh yeah we we both do we're giving it high rankings we're up on water in the sky yes the next track we hit absolutely i'm also really high up on <laughs> which is undermined as a personal, it's a pretty sweet version and a and a Darian moment exactly. as well. Exactly. Yep. Darian. Shout out to that. As a personal note, I I was working at a grocery store around this time, and uh, right after I got the download code, you know, from the ticket from this, I remember listening to this song every time after I would get out of work. So I think it has like a really positive reinforcement <laughs> memory in my mind. <laughs> That's part of it. But uh, this is a really solid version of it. Like you said, undermined in this period, I really love. Because uh, in future versions, uh, Trey really turned this into like a kind of an effects drenched like sludge, which is cool. And I like that as well. But I also do like it as this like kind of light, nimble, like fun, different version that they were doing in this period of time. That's very (laughs) that's very different than the the late period, the, you know, I guess the 2.0 period. And then the way they play it now, there was kind of this uh, little area in between. Like our, our, you know, our first show um, <laughs> had a version of this. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, this version plays in there. I, I definitely did have a blank space where my mind should have been at this point, and uh, <laughs> my mind was very wrapped around every note that Trey was playing in a lot of ways. And uh, when he kind of scoops up into that first note, the thing, uh, I <laughs> it gets me every single time. <laughs> It hits a frenzied tray peak that, like I say, it's kind of great from this era that he could still kind of access this. A lot of the jamming was still really led by Trey, and that Trey could still access this like really frenetic, crazy version of soloing. Um, and this one hits a peak that just 
gets that also just just emotionally just kills me every single time. The, or not even emotionally, but it like it, that part is emotional to scoop up into it. But then this part is just like, yes, he got there again. And <laughs> I I I just yeah, I kind of flip flopped onto which one of these would scale Maniculus for me on uh, uh, Maniculus on the first set here. But I did give Undermine also some extra fins, so I went with eight fins for Undermine. Nice. Oh man, you're gonna get crowded up there at the summit. You're gonna turn That's into a lot of things. There's a lot of people up there. A, a real Everest yeah. here. Um, yeah, I went with a, a 4.3, and, and and that's like a respectable uh, rating. I, <laughs> I, I, it is a little low. I, I understand. Again, I, I understand. I, I, but I needed these points. Everyone will see later. I needed this. I, I needed <laughs> these points. Uh, yeah. Um, but everything you said about Undermine, absolutely, just great, great song. And uh, the ending was hilarious. Where like, I think you can kind of even hear Fishman say no, and yeah, he's like supposed to do the little solo thing. He just silence. He just no, and then this is great. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, the song's kind of breaking down, and then he's like, yeah, it it, it seems like he's gonna do a little bit more of a solo. You know, it's it's because it, it, it undermine always has that moment where it breaks down to undecided, undefined, and then just. You know, a, a two, two, a two, yeah. two bar like drum breakdown. But obviously, like Fishman hates soloing, so like as long as they keep doing yeah. the other thing, he'll keep solo. But this kind of stops, <laughs> and then Paige is kind of playing like a little bit, and then. The John Fishman is the big, <laughs> and then I say, yeah. Then he he says uh, solidly indecisive into the microphone. Which, <laughs> that could have been the name of the podcast, solidly indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that I really respond to is the uh, page who was also kind of trying, I think, using the vocoder at this point. Uh, I don't know how well it's working, but he's kind of doing a vocoder thing during his solo. Or or it's Fishman. I'm not exactly sure who's responsible for those vocals that are kind of going on in the background <laughs> of the page thing. But I know he was experimenting with the vocoder. But then the transition from that to Trey's solo really nails it for me. And I don't know. I, I kind of like this version of Undermind a little bit more than the way that they Easy. did it in, in recent Easy. years. Yeah, I mean, we get so much of the guitar thing now. I don't know. <laughs> like it's I yeah, I mean like I'm not going to knock that never ever. <laughs> like the newest the new the sludgier the better. Like if I, if my shoes get stuck in it because it's so sludgy and thick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll go barefoot. I don't care. I I guess I like both things though. I like his ability to do that and because there's really not a lot of that. I like them both. Yeah, there's really not a lot of that in this show. Come to think of it, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's yeah, a pretty no, light, it's pretty bright. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like nimble show. Uh, he's not really doing like a lot of that kind of effect throughout it. But um, for Undermind, I don't know. I guess I just like it, and it reminds me of Darian. Our next track, Darian. Yes, is. David Bowie. By the band Fish. 
Yep. You went with 4.3 for Undermine. That was actually my score for this uh, for this version of Bowie. Oh. I have to say, we did a little bit of a flip-flop. I went with a 5, but not a full 8. Interesting. But. Yeah, I... As you know, I'm a skeptic of three point or, or, or if it, I guess post breakup uh, Bowie's, but uh, this one kind of won me over from uh, you know a three and a half to a four to over a four over the over the span of listening to it. I kind of kept bumping it up because wow. uh, it really is a pretty great like clean version of it, and it's a good. It has a good peak, but it doesn't right. doesn't last forever. But it's like it's it's kind of. Um, Almost like uh, if you had to give an example of what the song sounded like, you know, like it, it sort of has that quality to it, except outside of um, it, it doesn't sound like the studio version necessarily, but it's kind of has this like if you had to kind of explain what it sounded like through eras, this would be like the early 3.0 era. It kind of sounded like this and this would be a good example of it. And it was and it's it's good. You know, it's got a good peak and. I remember nudging you as it started, and you leaned over, and I was like, "It's. I think it's, it's got to be Maze because it's too early for Bowie." So I apologize. Oh, you I monster! Know. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, I went with a four point three. I've repressed that memory. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, but I went with four point three. I thought, uh, yeah, I it, it won me over a little bit to the above average range, but you know, coming off of like Lemon Meal and some of those ones where it really was able to go out there, this is like not that right. for me. But to hear a mid first set Bowie, you know, yeah, and I I also kind of felt like Trey really nailed the orchestral part, the uh, the composed section. I really I felt like he really was on top of that. Yeah, yeah. Just any other thoughts like on the jam or just sort of. No, it, it uh, like the the whole the whole show kind of had like the same jam vibes, if that makes sense. Like there was no, I feel like all of the jamming was pretty contained inside of itself. The there was no like one. I almost gave Bowie my extra fins for the set, but uh, I didn't like uh, I didn't timestamp anything. But it was it was nice. It was I think it's ten minutes long, so it's like a, an abrupt. It's a quick one. It's obviously not as good as some Bowies have been. And uh, will be eventually, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was like really pleasant. And again, the placement stuff is great, right? Like all of these are just they're just placed so well. It's just really, really nice. Except I guess maybe the next one you could say something about. But yeah, I, this one and the next one um, also feel very. I don't know. This might be <laughs> me reading into it too much with set list placement, which I try, which I which I try to do only if I'm mad about something. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure if they kind of were steering this part of the set towards like we're bringing back the old 1994 version of Fish, right? Like the D- David Bowie and Goldie were both songs played on that night on on the '94 night. I wonder right. if they were aware of that in some ways like it's a strange placement for that because really if you look at the rest of the set um and the you know the rest of the show really um it's more conventionally what they were doing at the time than these two in a row so the next one is golgi apparatus um which i gave an automatic for to yeah um we already talked about golgi i guess a couple of times i think this might be the third time in a row we fit golgi after not hitting it for a while i love the composed part i always feel like that's a little underrated it's got a great moment at the end like you were saying about bowie really solid playing in the composed parts and with trey in general the yeah the start's good too right and that's that's the start's good yeah they don't they don't train wreck the start um so uh (laughs) yeah automatic floor any other any any further uh golgi thoughts no, um, only one is that I think at some point in the song, instead of saying Golgi, 
he actually does say Golgi for one of the <laughs> Golgis. I think he actually does say it different, just once. Yeah, so they say... It. I don't remember which one The it first is, line, it, yeah, it's like, he does say, they say Golgi on the f- second line, right? But then all the other times, it's Golgi, Golgi, whoa, it's me, Golgi, Golgi, whoa. It's absurd. That's what ah. it is. It's absurd and hilarious <laughs> and awesome. So, shout out to all the people in... But yeah, uh, that's all I had to say about... That's all I have to say about that. Shout out to all the people in sophomore uh, biology class learning about Golgi apparatus. I remember to remember <laughs> doing that. Uh, our next track is Gumbo. Oh, Lyrics yeah. by John B. Fishman. Um, this Fish. I gave this uh, I gave this a really high rating, uh, even though, to be honest, um, we've already heard of ones that are like way better than this, <laughs> including including <laughs> lemon meal and stuff. But I remember at the time. Uh, I think I even posted on Fish.net, but at the time I was like, I was pretty optimistic that Gumbo was going to become one of the big, like, kind of next jam vehicles, if you will, for the band. And this version gives us, like, just that little bit of a tease, right? Like, it's a really solid version of the song. It does. Um, The the Leo keyboard section at first is amazing. One of the early highlights of the show, I think. And... um, we just get that taste of Trey coming back in on the guitar at the end, which is really fun. And it feels like it could just last, you know, it feels like it could last longer than it does, but it, it does end kind of abruptly. Um, but like you were saying, placement wise, I remember in the room, this playing really, really well. And I think if you asked us at the time leaving the show, <laughs> even, you know, like this would have been one of the yeah. highlights of the night. Probably. Um, I feel like it always is every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like. Yeah, so I, I I went with a uh, I went with four point seven on gumbo. Oh wow, um, I went I I gave it a four point four. Uh, my main thing with this gumbo is that it just like the jam section just like there was no um, no diddling around, no foreplay. You know, they just went right into it, just woof, just hardcore. Uh, and that was great. I just love it. It kind of catches me off guard when I listen to it again now. All, a lot of these songs do, where I'm just like, oh yeah, that that was right, like. They played that in the first set. I was there for that. I saw that. I re- and then I don't really remember having that happen. That happens a couple times, but yeah. So I, I went with a 4.4. It's just such a funky song. Like, it is cow funk. You know what I mean? Like it's just Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was wondering if this is what you were going to say when you said listening to, or, or lis- like listening back to these shows throws you off because I listened to the Hershey, Pennsylvania show we went to from this past year, and... Mm-hmm. Like in conjunction with listening to a lot of the 2013 fall stuff, it's so funny because yeah, it's like <laughs> when you hear this, like especially when Trey kind of jumps back in on guitar and and Fishman, k- you know, kind of rides the beat out, but then gives up at the easiest possible moment. You know, it it, it almost like right. you could you could it's it's funny to like I think I'm ranking a lot of these based on at the time, right? Like at the time, this was like a huge version of this where if they opened with gumbo now, it would probably be longer <laughs> and better, you know, in some ways, like, but <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm kind of not trying to factor in that part of it. I thought that w- might be what you were saying when you were like looking back on these shows, because, you know, obviously like the memory of the show and the show itself could be kind of different things, but it's not like it's a, it's not like it's bad. It's still great. It's just sort of different, you know, it's, they this was like a long time ago and they really have evolved a lot since then as a band which is so interesting like this late in their career that they've evolved 
that much since 2013. You know, I think a lot of bands started in the 80s. You know, I don't know how many of them have evolved that yeah. much. So, you know what I mean? Do, do you feel that? Did you feel that? I looking do. back, like, did you listen to any new shows or anything and look look back sort of on, on any? No, I was sticking primarily to 2013. How do you feel it hangs? Do you feel like this show hangs around pretty well with 2013? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, maybe slightly. I mean, it's. I feel like it's the same as with how Darian was, where it's like, if you just looked at like the times and the set list, maybe you might think of it as like, uh, yeah. you know, low hanging fruit, just like a throwaway type of show. But it really, the jams really do. Uh, they get going so fast that there's like a lot of the whole mini jam thing happening. I feel like for sure. So I think it holds up in that way. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I think we definitely hit a big jam in this show later that is pretty indicative of where they're headed going forward, but we're going to hit that a little bit. <laughs> um, so we hit actually a stretch here where potentially controversially, I actually gave the next three songs all automatic fours, uh, but I'm I'm, be, wow. I'm willing to be talked out of that with one of them. Well, um, I, I gave the next one a four for sure, but I, I do, I almost gave it a little bit of extra points just because it doesn't get played enough. It needs some love. This even I have to say, even in the moment of this show, as great as it was going and as as great as we were feeling, this part did feel a little bit like lost at sea to me, a little bit just in terms of they're just like the, I, and I like all of these songs. We hit Yarmouth Road, Camel Walk, and Horn, uh, all in a row. Um, did you know that we've seen Horn live? I didn't know that until <laughs> like two days ago. Yeah, no, we did. We sure <laughs> did. Um, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Yar- Yarmouth, um, I had seen the debut of that. It's back in 2013, earlier in the year, so that was a new song at the time. Camel Walk uh, is a great song. Um, this could almost be like, I guess, if there were automatic fives, you know, where I wouldn't, <laughs> uh, where it, it, it's as long as he nails the yeah. composed section. Uh us your stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I went with a 4.2 instead of a 4 for Camel Walk. I felt like it really kept the energy up. And I actually gave Horn a 4.5 because um, I didn't realize that I'd seen it. There so, you go. Oh, and question. Is this is that show, is the camel walk from this show the one where we saw the dude doing that dance with his arms? Nope, that was, was at that SPAC. SPAC. Yeah, that was at SPAC. That was at SPAC. I couldn't remember which one yeah. came first, but that was hilarious. That w- I remember doing that. That was show. funny. I'm laughing. <laughs> He's kind of doing like the literal camel walk with the hump. That was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, I, I really like Camel Walk as well. Like there's a lot of really good composed sections in this first set. You know, if you look at Bowie, Golgi Apparatus, Camel Walk, Horn, like the, and Split Open and Melt like or we're going to hit later, spoiler alert. Um those are all like really good uh <laughs> early tray composed sections. So that's like seems like kind of the theme of the second half of this set. Um, so for our ranking purposes, I think those songs are always like tough because it's like ranking a, a version of horn versus another version of horn. is like, I don't know. It's like right. ranking an orchestra doing a different orchestra is doing a Mozart symphony or something, you know, <laughs> like it's pretty yep. differences. They're going to be like pretty negligible. Um, but, uh, that's might be too much, but uh, I'm, I, I can compare Trey. No, I feel like it could lose points, but gaining points would have to be like really something like really special. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel okay comparing Trey to Mozart. That's, um, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cam Walk obviously is also uh, Jeff Holdsworth. We haven't talked about Jeff Holdsworth, I don't think, really at all on the podcast, but interesting that uh, the Fish's original band member who wrote Possum and Camel Walk. So that's always an intriguing uh, fact to think about uh, getting. <laughs> it's a fun story. Yeah, yeah. Getting, getting Jeff Holdsworth involved and, uh, and uh, just kind of think about his, his involvement 
in the band is always really fascinating to me, but it's maybe like kind of too much to go into specifically for this kind of show. But, um, you know, it's one of those songs I feel like they recognize that fans love, but they could also just drop into a first set pretty easily. You know, they were doing it like we saw it in 2012 as well. So it fits well. Yeah, it was, I think it was almost also around more in that early 3.0 period than it became. And I feel like it's maybe even more rare now. Maybe that's just based on the times we've seen it, but uh, either way, yeah, Camel Walk's great. It's really fun. Uh, great composed section. Fun to see live. Uh, same with Horn. Good song. You said you went with 4.2 on Horn. 4.5. 4.5. Bumped it a, a half a fin because you didn't remember that we actually saw it. <laughs> yep. Well, I remember watching this live is that we had seen the uh, New Year's show from the previous year, 2012. We saw the, uh, or not the New Year's Eve show. We saw 12, 30, 2012, and somebody had a Horn sign. They just had a sunset horn. <laughs> and they didn't play it that night, but they played. Then we saw it this time. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that horn sign person is here. But <laughs> <laughs> we hit a song next that I think you and I both love. And based on your finage so far, I'm going to guess this was, is this your extra fin selection for set one? Nope. Nope. It's wow. not. Wow. So we still haven't hit it then. Nope. No, I, I went with a four and a half for, for Limb by Limb. Uh, shout out okay. Darian. Gave a Darian. extra points for the serendipity of the two things, especially because... And by Lim was like this is the second to last song in the set from Darian and this one is the third to last so that's pretty close I mean obviously it fits there because that's where Lim by Lim goes generally but um I really like this version but not enough to give it my extra fins wow I'm saving that for something else yeah for marriage <laughs> see <laughs> with Lim by Lim the pants go off and the ring goes on I understand uh <laughs> I get yeah I uh <laughs> I was really into this version of Limb by Limb. Um, again, kind of adjusting it on the scale that the jamming they do now, we would have we wouldn't have had this type of ending to a set. I think you know, like if they had done Limb by Limb now, that would be long enough that we wouldn't get the next track. If that makes sense, we would right. just go right into Melt, which I already spoiled. So I guess I'll say that <laughs> the show happened a while ago, folks. There's no spoilers, but yeah, uh, man, it's it's funny because I I. I went into this set really uh, handing out a lot of fins and I'm seeing now you were a little more conservative than I am, which makes sense, you know, in a lot of ways. But, uh, but uh, I went with six for, for limb by limb. I bumped it. I get, I, wow. I, I get a five cause I really love the placement and the performance, but I bumped it the extra one because of that little uh, acapella jam. Mike's doing the really low harmony, the <laughs> limba, limba, yeah. limba. that thing is really cool and pretty, it's a pretty unique version of the song. So my, uh, my most fin selection for set one was the opener back in the USSR, but I also thought Undermine and, uh, and Limb by Limb were standouts on this as well as our closing track. So I was pretty really, I, I'm, I'm really into this first set. I just think it's really great for 
the time period it existed because I, th- I feel like it does actually have interesting things happening in it outside of uh, uh you know outside of just the normal version of the songs but i'm kind of seeing what you're saying that uh i guess i might have been overdoing it a little but i'm not i'm not mad about it <laughs> um our next track is i didn't know uh what didn't you know <laughs> i didn't know our next track and i didn't know i didn't know our next track was i didn't know which um <laughs> i wrote down i wrote down automatic five for i didn't know uh, Ooh. Because uh, I don't know. I mean, that might be a little. That might be a little much. Again, maybe I'm overdoing it. No, you're right. I actually wrote down. I gave it a four, but I wrote down. Uh, uh, feels low, but I need the points. So <laughs> this one. So okay. So this is really fun. Like we get the reference to Fishman getting naked during the uh, <laughs> performance of I didn't. Uh, uh, why don't we do it in the road during the '94 <laughs> Glens Falls uh, Halloween <laughs> show? Uh, he comes up. You know, they're doing I didn't know, and he comes up for the, uh, you know, for the vacuum solo. And well, for and 19 it. years, you guys have been thinking the same question. Is he gonna do it, folks? And he says, "I can if you want to." And and fish and I love Trey just going, "No." <laughs> you don't yeah, want to see like, that. You want to see that? And a bunch yeah, of people are like, "Yeah, no." You don't see that. Nineteen years later, you want to see this? <laughs> so he did not rip the drafts <laughs> off. We did not see. We didn't see little fishman, <laughs> the little fishman, <laughs> <laughs> little fishman's little fishman's. Um, so again, a lot of these for the second half of this first set I either went automatic or pretty positive but there wasn't it's not an exploratory section of the show until we get to the next track I think um but yeah uh I I feel like be, like yeah I, I I guess I feel like beginning with Gumbo or Yarmouth the set's a little bit on autopilot but I also feel that I don't know their sets on autopilot in 2013 kind of are more of a five than a four as or or three and a half as opposed to the 2012 years if that makes sense like I feel like the baseline really jumped that summer tour of 2013 I just feel like it everything they're doing feels more inspired and they still can just lay back on Trey just going crazy with the energy and all that not that any of this really applies to I didn't know but uh, but uh <laughs> The reason I think I'm I'm just kind of reasoning why I'm ranking things higher, and that was kind of my reasoning. But uh, you know, I didn't know it was great, so it's funny. So I said automatic five. I didn't know that I was that far gone, and the part in the show when Horn and I didn't know were happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the other. But part I guess I was. Yeah, we were pretty. Far I, out I, there. I was really sugar high at that point. Uh, it's probably that like second Reese's yep. that I ate. That did it. Sponsor. Um um but yeah I just went with I just went with an auto four. The next one though, I really liked the next one a lot. Yeah I was gonna say it also kinda adds to the vibe of this being sort of them trying to do an old timey show. You know, an old fish right. like um I didn't mention this in our in the kind of like intro thing about twenty thirteen as a year, but the New Year's gag that year was the rooftop set where they played on top oh, of the yeah. old truck and they did a bunch of like old eighties material. Um, and so I think that that kind of thing was on their mind doing a venue like this and doing a show like this. So I think I didn't know was also part of that. Um, 
so you know that yeah that's just another part of this where it, it feels like if you really think about it like a lot of this set is very old material if you take out uh stealing time and yarmouth road like it all like the earliest some of it or like the latest it goes is like you know water in the sky or undermine or whatever yeah. so so it wasn't you know they're consciously trying to do older material as well um but uh you know maybe that might be reading it a little more than necessary but i think they must have wanted that a little bit going back to a venue like this to play a 5,000 seater you know in 2013 there was a little bit of like we're doing this for fun right because there's no way that they could make more money playing somewhere else you know but it was a little bit like oh yeah we're gonna do this you know for the for the for the fans for the people out there so um and sp- for the fans for the fans <laughs> do it for the fin- one two three do it for the fans uh <laughs> our, our first set closer is the song that apparently got dance most fans for set one which is yep. split open and melt it was a great version too it was pretty cool i so i went with all right a 5.6 now again i cannot stress enough how badly i needed fins <laughs> for, for the second set the second set is really good okay um interesting i really liked the, the thing that i liked about split open and melt this version is that it kind of has like a it, it, the whole set leading up to it kind of makes it even better and it kind of feels like a balloon that's just expanding and expanding and expanding the whole time throughout the whole song it, like including uh, the whole set including uh split open and melt so it just like i felt like split open and melt was when the the, whole, uh, the balloon was just biggest and then it pops and it's just yeah it was amazing it felt like it was a really well-performed song i don't know it got a little type 2 but not too much really but it was still great 5.6. Highest I got for the first set. second set is really good so and i i banked away six whole points for the second set so six fins six extra fins yeah yeah interesting i mean i don't know i don't know if i agree with the idea of the uh second first set kind of expanding like i think the beginning of it starts really hot and then they play a bunch of good songs in a row you know they play like i don't know going from gumbo yarmouth road camel walk horn really good version of limb by limb i didn't know it's kind of like a comic old-timey song it, it feels i guess it feels that part of the set um i i really love it because <laughs> i love this show and and there's a nostalgia factoring <laughs> in and all of that but uh i could definitely see like like i was i think it's funny our tactics here because like i think i was giving it a little more fins because I love, yeah, the, I, like I think I mentioned, like I just like kind of this era feels like an era that's sort of like a, like a bygone period where they could kind of do these types of songs in a row and have it 
and have it really work well and not have to have something in there that like say a li- like that limb by limb i think i was saying before like i don't think we'd get like an i don't i right. didn't know you know it'd be like 12 minutes no. and then you know which is great but I, I was kind of almost over rewarding it for that reason but i wouldn't say like i didn't i didn't feel like it was like some big momentum leading up to this like uh they were doing a lot of split open and melt uh to end sets in this period in fact they end the rooftop set <laughs> with the split open and melt or the uh, the uh, the roof of the truck set with uh split open and melts as well um but uh with all of that said i gave it six fins i mean i really liked it i oh. i it's the the thing about split open and melt is weird is like i think i talked about this with uh when we did the show from mm, where would that have been i guess it was the lemon wheel festival one i think it was night one where Split Up and Melt's like an w- interesting song for me personally because I like the early 90s versions and I really like the 3.0 and now versions, but I'm not as into the late 90s versions of it. Uh, there's certain songs that I think were actually better when they were either almost totally composed and tight and, and, and just tray shredding on things or totally enveloped in this kind of the trenches of this dark evil effects strange things which is where we're going with this <laughs> and that late 90s period like sort of feels like kind of halfway between the two things and that's like a little less appealing to me uh so i really enjoyed this i mean i i, I i'm not gonna be shy about the fact that this is like one of my favorite first sets i think that they've played and even if i'm saying that the second half of it was a little bit on autopilot like i say it's like on autopilot going a million miles an hour for me. The bullet yeah. train. So, uh, you know, and I and I really like all of the song selections and the fact that I guess this is probably jam wise the most exploratory uh, outside of I guess Bowie would be the only other candidate. Uh, but right. uh, yeah, I mean, I I I'm big on this uh, split up and a melt as well, and uh, I think that, like I say, I just think that the way Trey plays on the song and his tone in this period and then going forward is like so amazing and so incredibly like appropriate for the song consider especially considering the song was written in the late 80s you know i mean like the fact that he's sort of getting like a different tone with it this many like decades later is kind of amazing i gave out a lot of fins there but uh i'm not sad about it because uh i really think this is a that's an incredibly solid first set it uh, it reminds me of being there. Also, I didn't mention during Camelot, I nudged you during the, uh, you know, when it goes down, and then down, down, down. I remember hitting you with my elbow, and at first you were like, "What the fuck?" And then you were like, "Oh, then you knew what was going on." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, that's happening in this." Uh, so we went into that set. I had sixteen point five remaining uh, extra fans. You had one remaining extra fan, a Nemo. As it's known now, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left that Money. set, and despite the amount that I gave out, um, I still have a solid eight fins remaining from myself. How, how did you... Cheapers. Uh, 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 I walked out of that set with six extra fins, which brought up my whole total to seven. Look at that. It's a great first set. Fun times remembering it, and those times are not over yet because when we come back from the break... Here comes set two. So when once we come back, uh, we will talk about more 
on five fins. Welcome back to Five Fins. Back again. Five Fins is back. Tell a friend. That's what it would sound like if we did the Super Bowl instead of Eminem. Yeah. Some shady. If um, if Finland is looking for any halftime entertainment at any sporting events, we will offer our services if you want to have <laughs> a Five Fins related halftime show. Um. All right. <laughs> so our first. So we are here talking about the October twenty third, twenty thirteen Fish performance. Dan and I were in attendance on where were we stage? We were off of I guess stage stage left. Right. Oh, stage right. Yeah, um, we were on page side, rage side. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was quite a night. Uh, as we mentioned, many strong candies had been had, and uh, <laughs> if our memories maybe get fuzzy, too many. maybe too many. If our memories get fuzzy, then uh, you know what what can you do? But <laughs> One thing we can add dispute is that the second set opener was the song Rock and Roll. Yes. Which is a cover of the Velvet Underground song off yep, of their you album could, you Loaded. Could say that. I almost feel like you shouldn't call it a cover because it's better. It's so much better than the Velvet Underground version. Well, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, worth mentioning that this is the last version of this cover that fish did while lou reed was still alive so lou reed passed away um and fish performed uh i'm sorry actually let me look yeah so lou reed passed away on october 27th of 2013 uh fish was performing that night at the where were they they were at they were in hartford connecticut that night and they opened with rock and roll and the crowd they play a good version of it frankly actually even a better version of it than we're getting in this performance and then uh the crowd cheers and says did the loot did you know the loo said Taking a little moment of silence here for one of the greatest artists who ever lived. Oh, 
let's have a moment of silence for one of the greatest artists who've ever lived in my humble opinion. So, wow. Uh, obviously Trey's a big fan. It's funny to hear this because obviously at the time they didn't know that was going to happen. So this is like a pretty normal version of the song. Um, but uh but kind of interesting crowd goes nuts though yeah crowd goes nuts it, it really was uh, and we were there it was, re- it was it was really fun to hear this song um i'm gonna mention this right now that at this point uh, you know after being there for a certain amount of time it was really 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 hot in this venue <laughs> it was like it was <laughs> like just almost almost unbearable it, but you know in kind of the good cramped crowded concert way where you're like yeah again here we go we're living the full experience of like seeing them in a place like this right really loving this uh this uh opener um kind of a table setter for what's going to happen the rest of the second set uh i felt um but i yeah. went with a four and a half for rock and roll okay okay i i went with a five and a half so um go. i gave it an extra half in the uh, reason being that I felt like it really was a standout song in this show altogether. And my reason being is that it, it hits type two territory so hard with that um, backwards loop that Trey sets around the 925 mark. As soon as that uh, part comes in, where it's like the wom, 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 uh, it's just like this whole new world opens up, and I I was all for it, all for it. So yeah, I went, I gave it, I gave it an extra half fin because it really uh, made my cheeks rosy, and the uh, crowd reaction, yeah, is just amazing. Like uh, and the tape, the tape version, um, it really is the loudest of the whole night, including the finale, which surprised me. When I went and listened back to the tape, I was like, oh, wow, I would have expected that to be the loudest thing. But if rock and roll, it's, it's crazy loud on the tape. It's crazy. Everyone's singing so loud. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's a crowd favorite. I, me- I do remember the reaction always being to this song is always pretty great. You know, <laughs> like uh, even seeing it in Hershey, Pennsylvania this past year, it's like when they come out and do it for an encore. Even it's a pretty it's a pretty big reaction to it. Um the fact again it's it's funny like the fact that this would have been you know the last one when Lou Reed was still alive it you know right. doesn't doesn't really impact it obviously in the moment but it's it's kind of cool to think that they had done it you know not that long before and just that they had the moment of uh of, of being able to you know kind of kind of send him off with it um there's a great story i i believe it's that fish and Lou Reed like Lou Reed met the members of Fish in France in like the late nineties at a certain point. Oh right! And Lou Reed said to them, uh, "Go out there, boys, and show them how to rock and roll." Because after all, we invented it. And they were like, "We don't know what that means. Like, who's we? Is it like America?" <laughs> or they didn't really know what it meant. But like a great moment where you're just like, "God, Lou Reed spoke to us." Yeah, big fan of rock and roll. It's a pretty good version of it. Um, you know, I would say overall, um, there's what I, I I guess in some ways I do kind of like it as a, a closer rather than, rather than an opener here. I feel like it's kind of setting the table, like I said, but yeah. Um, what it's setting the table for partially is our next track, which is seven below. I remember at the time 
I don't think you knew what song this was, but am I making that up? I did or? not. Okay. Because <laughs> it was one that I think I knew about because I was kind of like diving into the band pretty deeply at this point. But yeah, I remember this being one where I, you were like, kind of looked at me and I was like, Seven Below. <laughs> like, you know, I've got a mouth. <laughs> what do you think of Seven Below, Dan? It was, it was a pretty good performance. Well, I, uh, I gave it a perfect five. Um, me the too. The only thing that I would knock at all is that and I, I don't even think you can blame Seven Below for it, but when the transition is happening, it almost sounds like Trey has something else in mind for a second on his loop, and then he switches. And he's like, nah, let's do Seven Below. Um, I love the juxtaposition that happens um, in the song, how like the verses and the intro and the chorus and stuff are all so separated from each other, especially like the jamming compared to the verses and like the tempo of the the guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, and then he th- flips on that effect where it has the dissonant chord, whatever that is. Yeah, that he, and he's, he's going hot like the whole time. Trey was going hot the whole way through it. Yeah, and there's this one section around like the 420 mark. I think it was with, I think it, it was the jam. Heyo, yep. And uh, Fishman does like these really nice rolls. Uh, it's just it's pretty great. He's rolling. But I gave he's it, rolling yeah, I gave at it the 420 mark. It's just, yeah, exactly. Say, exactly. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I just loved how it uh how it felt. And uh, it's a song it's one of the it's another song that I sometimes I forget about it and then I hear it and I go, Nice. And it's really funny that they would put it where they put it because of what happened afterwards. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean uh Seven Below is one of these ones uh, with there's certain songs that I feel like fall between the cracks because they were kind of the two point period, you know, like the late first period of the band and then right you know and then obviously when they came back they would they would still obviously do a lot of these songs 46 days and stuff but there's certain ones that i think were you know had the band continued would have become ones that they did a lot but it feels like now almost are rare not quite rarities like they they'll still play this song but you know, or I guess they are rare. Like this is somewhat of a rarity now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Seven Below is is just such an interesting and cool song. Um, you know, I remember reading the I think it's the .NET kind of background page on this kind of mentions like a Robert Fripp influence on that guitar that guitar okay. line that it's very sort of almost like a math rocky weird guitar part, and it, it sort sure. of is. Um, but uh, I always liked that that groove, you know, that both begins the song and begins the jam yeah. is so propulsive. It kind of reminds me of like a uh, like the ti- like Timber Ho in a way where it's sort of it's just this, it's like it just, you know, <laughs> it, it, it just propels you into into the groove. I, like, uh, yeah, I gave it a perfect five as well. And uh, yeah, it, it really builds nicely. There's not a ton of there's a little bit of kind of a different break like kind of a 2.0 or a, a t- sorry like a type 2 type jam going on but mostly it's kind of yeah it just propels you to the top of <laughs> seven below mountain <laughs> you know <laughs> uh and does it in a really great uh great way and i think pays off what maybe a little bit of the awkward transition from rock and roll into seven below like i feel like this jam kind of pays that off for the rest of the set because the next track we hit is alaska <laughs> hey Hey, hey. I wonder if this will be a controversial track between us. No, I won't. Um, I, I I didn't have enough to. Well, well, all right. You go ahead and tell me what I get to yell at you about. <laughs> well, um, I don't think it's going to be that much. Um, 
this mm-hmm. is the first time that I am. I'm not calling the placement police, but I'm like, I'm gonna like tweet <laughs> out at them. You know, like at placement police, like. Like, hey guys. There's an Alaska walking around. Stuff. There's an Alaska walking around. It might show up in the second <laughs> set. I'm not too concerned about it, but just you know, just keep an eye on it. So uh, I have not. I I know I need to start actually doing this, but I haven't kept track. I have we hit. I don't think we've hit Alaska yet, right? I, I don't s- think so. Yeah. I, no. We've done Ocelot. We've done some of the ones that are kind of in a similar vein, if I may say so. For Alaska, I was hoping you would go first. And then I could okay. give my take on it. So when yeah. when you say a similar vein, you mean in the sense of like vastly underrated <laughs> fish songs, right? Um, uh, never mind. Okay, so I'll go for it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I gave Alaska <laughs> a four. Now that is low for me, but again, I needed the points, people. This is these were dire times. <laughs> um, yeah, I I do love Alaska though. Like I don't know how you don't love Alaska. The the lyrics are hilarious. It's pretty much Kill Devil Falls Part Two, right? Like the guy gets home from Kill Devil Falls and he realizes, oh, well, she's gone, and then he goes to Alaska. That's I think that's wonderful. I think that's a great story, <laughs> a great story arc. It's a bouncy song. I like bouncy songs. Bum, 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 bum. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, I get where people might be coming from when they say it's like really predictable as far as like the sound, the sonic profile of, of an Alaska jam. And yeah, you know, maybe this one did that. It was kind of just like an Alaska jam, like a normal just jam. But I love Alaska, the state and the song. And I hope people in the state love the song. Yeah, d- they deserve a song. When you when you say a normal jam too, that's funny because Alaska's jam is actually usually pre- pretty good, <laughs> you know. Uh, which is always funny because I think this song is like really disappointing to people when it starts, <laughs> and I kind right, of because they're dumb get that. Well, I kind of get it because <laughs> it's I don't know. Like the thing about Alaska that's funny to me is like it's so kind of adjacent and this is not a dark star related joke I swear (laughs) um, is that it's so obviously related to kind of a Grateful Dead type song that it it feels you know it's like Tennessee Jed but Alaska sort of you know right and you know somebody I think far away I think I mentioned this once with Ocelot but somebody far away from the jam band scene I think would hear a song like this and be like yeah that's like you know that's what like jam band music sounds like do you know what I'm saying? That it, they think it's yeah, sort of all like that. that kind of, and I, I like the the song Alaska. <laughs> like I do, I think I find it funny. I I think that there's a lot. There's some really cringy lines to me, but I I also feel like it's pretty clever. Like there's certain clever lines. Like I don't know. Just, I asked her where to. She said far away. Yeah, far away from, from you. you. It's great. And I don't know. There's like Idaho, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the whole. That's yeah, I don't, genius. I don't know. I'll ask her. I think I'll try Alaska. I love and then. That. And just sort of like I've mentioned this to you, but like I love the extended universe of Kill Devil Falls and Alaska, yes. where it's like this guy shows up and she's gone, and he's like, "Well, I don't know, you know, like I'll give Alaska a shot." Um, but yeah. um, so kind of like a version of like w- Trey's life in the bad times, but not a real version of it in some ways, which maybe is where something like Ocelot maybe is. L- throws people off because it's a little bit more earnest about that period of time and th- i think that they're the friendship between trey and tom uh but yeah i mean i i like the song um i don't like the placement here really like i mentioned <laughs> but i'm not <laughs> it's not a five-star bulletin it's just sort of a it's a, just a mild warning but it's like this kind of isn't really the right time i feel uh for it 
Uh, but you gave it four, and I gave it three and a half. So we're actually not that far off from mm. from the feeling. Uh, it feels far though. It feels like a gap. Yeah, I mean, but uh, it's it's it remains a a n- not favorite of a lot of fish fans. So I think uh, I think we're both more pro than a lot of people. You know. Yep. So I, they're yeah. wrong though. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the thing that it's like when we talk about these shows and stuff. Like we never really bring up. But like, do you? Do you ever listen to a show and hear a song and go like, oh, I like this, but I wish it was somewhere else in the set? Or are you pretty much just along for the ride? Yep. Sometimes I'll be like, why did you play this song? And that happens in this show. But it's very specific. So really outside of like one song you particularly hate, but like, do you have more of that with the dead than fish then? Would you say like, do you have moments with the dead like that where you're like, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess with fish, it would just be like, yeah, I, I I would say it happens with like walls of the cave or something where like I've, I've seen it a bunch of times already and I'm like, I, I wish there was something else so that I could see a new song or something. But other than that, it doesn't really happen. And with the dead, you know, like I know what I'm getting into with the dead. The only thing that yeah. happens with the dead is with uh, Mexicali Blues versus me and my uncle. I want me and my uncle every single time. I see they yeah, that's interesting because they play that so much that uh, like we're just turning into a different podcast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think there's other people who got this covered, territory covered, my friend. Uh, um, but what I would say, yeah, with that, it's funny because to me, it's like. My feeling about this stuff, I realized, as I was doing the rankings to this, I was realizing that too, like when I was ranking first set stuff differently, where it's like, I really, I I do feel very differently about the way songs are in different sets. Like I, I feel like at first sets, I'm totally willing for them to just do like more juxtapositions or change the energy, you know, do a bluegrass song after a spacey song or do, you know, sort of whatever, uh, like, do something that's jazzy and then followed up by the reggae thing. Like I, I like <laughs> that kind of thing, but I guess with second sets, like when songs like Alaska or another one is like back on the train in second set, like it just feels like it stops the natural momentum of like a jammy set, particularly coming out of like a seven below it just. And, and I think that they've, if there's one thing that they've done really well since this period, it's, recognize that and also expand their jamming on song. Like now, if they did this exact set list, this Alaska would totally perfectly transition into the next song, you know, whereas there's still a little bit of a, I mean, it, yeah. it's, uh, you know, a juxtaposition between the two. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just, uh, but I'm not against it as a song. I, I refuse to be like one of those, like, uh, who wants to hear Alaska? I'm like, it's actually pretty, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty great. It's pretty funny. Like, it's a cool song. Um, <laughs> it's a good song. What uh, what is a really good song? Is the next one Alaska? Some good Sammys in it too. It's got good Sammys, and yeah, the jam is it always kind of delivers too, you know. Yeah, it kind of has this thing happening that where like Trey and Paige are taking separate turns on their sandwich. Um, that happens later as well, and I decided to call that a club sandwich because it has <laughs> two layers. layers to it. Yeah, so it's you know like Trey is the bread, and then you get. Pages the filling, and, and then they're you get playing another in, layer of bread, and they're playing in four or four times. So it's like cutting it into four pieces. Exactly. Yeah. Ex- exactly. There you go. Um, <laughs> so the the song that we really need to talk about is coming up right now. Uh, and that, oh, is it? And that is it, that is the song Twist. Mm. 
Um, or should I say, a woo? <laughs> by the band Fish. I, I I threw a lot of fins onto this, Dan. <laughs> um, this is the biggest, th- this is the best improv that we're getting all night. The best jamming we're getting all night, I think, head and shoulders above uh, anything else. I mean, in terms of, like, it's funny with Twist because, you know, I think I, I listened to a few of the 13 versions and going into 14, and, the, and there's a pretty pretty large variance in the way that they would play it but usually it would never go out this far you know um th- there there are versions since then like now like since heading towards now that are a little bit more exploratory but this uh this version at the time i really think was like pretty head and shoulders different than a lot of the twists at the time but it is consistent with the jamming that we heard in you know the Hampton run or talking about the Tahoe show or some of those the the shows at Dicks or some of the big 2013 summer shows, um, this is I think really consistent with that style of jamming in a way. It has this sort of moving through different passages feel to it, and you know I think like in terms of anything that's happening in the show, this has to be like kind of the de facto highlight if you were to say well this is this if this was an important show why was it and i think this would be the answer sort of um i wrote down some time stamps i had like they kind of began the funky breakdown away from the chords at around like a little bit after the five minute mark like five fifteen. yeah uh i wrote down uh so like uh i wrote down that part as well yeah and did you have i had a, a six six around the six minute mark like trey having this kind of moment with Paige, like you were saying the Sa- it's sammy's moment where <laughs> trey is almost doing like a it's it's almost kind of like the maze chords he's doing in the background like he's kind of playing yeah. like dissonant stuff and letting Paige solo over it both line up at one point yeah around like the seven minute mark they line up and then trey's like coming alive and uh yeah they kind of ride that out to this interesting part and then i around the i'm sure you have this around the nine minute mark we entered this kind of, again, not a not a joke, a kind of a sort of a mind left body type jam, right? That begins to envelop, and this is the type of thing that I really I hate to be like. I don't know. I'm like some 3.0 grandpa now, or something. Like <laughs> you kids don't understand, but like at the time, like this kind of stuff was still so rare and so amazing and i still remember kind of in the room that sort of stillness even though we were all hot as hell and it was <laughs> five thousand people just sweating <laughs> in this like minor league hockey arena but in a in a perfect way you know <laughs> this yeah. experiencing this moment
they were they were just so on i think from this period in the show on like i i kind of look at this as like um again not to be mean to alaska but after that was over i feel like they the they they lock in here in sort of a different way with this twist and this is like one of the one of my favorite memories of watching shows of theirs in general i don't know how you feel about that as well but i still remember this pretty well actually i would say i think part of it, partially it's like tuned in to i kind of remember the way the lights fell on them and stuff and it's it's, it's interesting yeah. the things the little pieces of it you remember even though there's swaths of the show i don't remember as well you know <laughs> right yeah i think uh well oh what, what did you give it oh i'm sorry yeah so i i i went i went with uh i went with a tenor i went with a double I went with oh a wow yeah okay so I, I went with a six, so I still gave it extra fence. Um, it it was definitely pretty close to being my like ultimate highlight from the entire night, and it 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 could be. Oh if yeah, not for sentimental reasons, which I should are say expected. Yeah, it's I should say it's a uh, yeah it scales Mount Nicholas for set two for me as well. So yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's Mount uh, Finculus Finner. It's thinner? that like Finculus. Yeah, I love it. Has this? Uh, I also noted that before the jam starts, like. Going into the jam, uh, Trey kind of gets like a feedback loop going for himself that just like literally like expands, yeah, ju- and hits like its highlight or high point just as the jam starts. That was amazing. And then it also has this other thing that I noticed in a couple of the jams from like 2013 where they just they do they in this one they switch to like an abrupt mount like type sound, which just like a blues thing, but it's only for like two measures or something, which they actually do in that maze that we saw in SPAC, but they go into, like, a reggae thing. So I thought that was a pretty neat thing. Yeah. Like, you can kind of feel them testing their boundaries, like, where yes. they want to go and, like, yeah. leading each other different places. And then also there are huge bombs. Scorio's dropped bombs around the 1250 mark, and that's yeah. always friggin' awesome. And it's, yeah, it's like a slow burn, you know, that when they, yeah. they, they hit that type 2 thing, and it's just a slow burn for the whole rest of it, and I love it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, there's, there's. I was a fan. <laughs> good band overall. I, I, yeah. There's something. Slow burns a good way to put it. It's also like, there's sort of a, um. It, like it's not when they do these lo- like deeper jams in this period. Like, if you look at the spack split up and melt the Tahoe tweezer, the chalk dust from Dicks, the, the like they're. Um, there's uh, the ghost from Hampton is another one that's dead. Which, by the way, man, if you haven't heard that in a, in a minute, which I have, oh yeah, poof. that is a good one. Uh, y- what you realize is like it's it's not it's different than now. Where now they're I think they're better. At, like I would say they're better at jamming now, but the difference is that they can kind of access this like sludgy space period so quickly and easily that it just like anything can kind of grow out of that mold in a way where one thing about the jamming in this period that's sort of funny hearing back is like it's a lot of it's like really fast and really energetic and really pretty tray led still a lot of it even though page is also stepping up big time but it's yes it still has this like energy that is you know alongside like the older version of the band not even just older 3.0 version but like the older energy of the band like in the early 90s but it had but it it kind of is uh 
you know, you can get to these places. You can get to this like mind lift body type stuff, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't require like, um, you know, uh, now it's like they can drop into like a full minute of like sludgy <laughs> space before they even decide where they're going to go, where this feels more right. like kind of rolling into it. Right. You know, or it's, it's like yeah, the, tra the train, the train. Yeah. The train just chugging along. It's not like, it's like, all right, let's like, jump off and figure out where we're going to adventure off to it's sort of like it's moving in a direction <laughs> or something and then it's you know it's uh it's interesting because they don't really sound like this now you know they don't really do jams that sound like this anymore it's a different no it's a different type of thing so at least not in that in that order the way that they get to it and everything right like they you know what i'm saying yeah it would be like they mm -hmm. get to it like they could get to it like but it would be like the 21st minute of a 38 minute jam. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's kind of interesting. And it kind of, if I'm being honest, like, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that they're better now, but it, it, it's something when I, when I hear it, when I was listening back to these shows, I'm like, I'm kind of nostalgic for that period of time in a way. Um, <laughs> not because it was better, but because I'm like over romanticizing it, I guess. Uh, so, Twist is is really amazing, and and we'd be I think remiss on this podcast if we did not throw out there that um, the amazing uh, pianist Holly Bowling performs a version oh, of yeah. this version <laughs> of Twist on her album Distillation of a Dream, uh, which is all fish. It's all fish covers, right? I think it's all fish covers. But she's done uh, Grateful Dead and a bunch of other other covers as well. And uh, you know, it's kind of interesting to compare connected to 2013 because she got big by basically doing the Tahoe tweezer as a YouTube video. That was like her, right. One of her, like, I think probably the big break in kind of the community. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, she, she her version is really just, just beautiful and sort of, it, it's so, uh, amazing how she can, uh, create the contours of the jam all on one instrument and, it's she has a version of you know uh yeah did, did she has other versions of of jams of this nature not just tahoe but she's done other ones as well but this right. is like it's cool that and i think to be honest kind of a sign of the times that at this point this jam would have been considered like oh that's one of the big ones that we have to cover where i hate to say i feel like now they've done so many great jams and great versions of twist even that this gets lost a time a tiny bit and whereas it was pretty uh, on the forum and stuff this was like a big big deal at the time and people were really into this jam <laughs> and kind of the particularly that like mind left body thing that happens at the end of it so um so yeah we're gonna we're, we're given all the i gave i gave it 10 friggin fins this is double the amount of fins that's a lot of fins <laughs> you can't even swim with that amount uh we're given we're given all the love to twist um what we might not be giving all the love to is our next track. <sighs> this song is called Waiting in the Velvet Sea. One we've hit several times in different shows. Oh, yeah. What are the odds? Um, I can say this about the experience that as amazing as Twist yes. was, by the end of that, I did feel like I was like, you know, it was like sweating through like a religious ceremony or something. I was like, Yeah, I by the end of it, I kind of was feeling like, yeah, <laughs> that I'd like never wanted to have sugar again. I Ever. was, I just remember they started this song and it was actually like a blessing in disguise because I was like, I need to sit down right now. And I sat down and you were like, that's a good idea. And so we just sat yep. oh. during this track. 
So because we, <laughs> because I was gonna give it a two, but because it was a necessary break in the moment, I gave it an extra fin. So I gave it three fins. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> it's just probably probably too many. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely too many. It's fine. I gave it, it's fine. I gave it two fins, which I think I would have given it a one, but I wanted this the sit down thing, like you said. I just yeah, I remember being like, wow, I am dying. Oh, I we you bumped so it, and I bumped it from two to three. That's funny. yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I needed the fins. You know what I mean? I still I, I needed them. Uh, I need your fins, man. And, uh, yeah, I need your fins. But yeah, I I I won't knock this one just because like I I can't even say that I've listened. I listened to it once on my re-listen, and then in the moment I don't know that I listened. But I appreciate that they played it because I needed I needed that break for sure. And it, it it's it's a good placement. Yeah, which I would never say ever with most things. No, it. Of that it nature. is though. That's it, it's a, it's a good placement. It's a pretty solid solo at the end from Trey, but listening to it, I'm just like, yeah, I I really thought that <laughs> maybe t- doing this podcast about this show would like lead me to more of a helping understanding as to why this is like such like a, I don't know. I I just am not. Uh, it's just so repetitive. It's just so repetitive. And <laughs> and I, I know that some people think that Fish is repetitive in general. That that's their whole, uh, you know, criticism of it. But this song just totally validates that. One, and yeah. and it's it just, I can never get over that problem with it. But like I say, I mean, it's funny. We both bump it up because the memory is of it being like, oh, this is this was very helpful in the moment that they really slowed it down <laughs> um so i'm glad we agree on that and i think we agree in general it's just you know it's just it it i just feel like it validates a lot of the negative claims that people have about this band and it's tough yeah it's, it's, just, it's tough for me to shake that when i hear it but um i don't know lest we beat a dead horse we are not fans of waiting in the velvet sea but if you want to yell at us yell at us at Five fins mailbag at gmail.com. P H I V E P H I N S mailbag. We go from my least favorite fish song to my favorite fish song, which is a nice transition. What? How's that for a juxtaposition? <laughs> I remember um, nudging you right when they started, like, yep, and we both yeah. stood up. Yeah, gotta uh, get up. Uh, the, 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 this track is called Harry Hood. <laughs> um, the hairiest appearing on zero fish albums, but many, many fish live uh, experiences. Um, so this is great. Um, I obviously gave it more than five fins for a lot of reasons, partially because it, it it hits a point where, you know, th- it's one of these tracks where if you, if they do it even kind of normally in the right circumstances, it's great. So any, any extra they could possibly do on top of the show they've already played it's like they're playing with house money, you know, <laughs> and that that's the way this feels <laughs> to me. I don't know if as a standalone, this is an excellent version of Hood, but as both my memory playing against me and the listening back to this show and really experiencing it, it's sort of exact perfect payoff for this, um, you know, this show that I feel like is a little bit about kind of reminiscing in the past and then also is pointing towards the future of where they're headed. Like hearing that twist jam, you, you get a sense of where they're headed and hood always just perfectly encapsulates. I think the moment that they're in, in that way. And I feel both of those things in hood. It feels like a very energetic version, but also 
pointing towards a little bit towards where the versions is going to get to. And you think like, it's pretty crazy to think like in 2014, it, it was already 2014 and 2015, especially it's already destined for these like crazy, crazy heights. They played a great version of it at Hollywood bowl in 2013. That was probably the most obvious uh, tip of the cap to like where it was going to be headed. That's kind of along the lines of like the Hampton Carini, that gem where it just keeps, it keeps kind of going and changing and, and, uh, but, uh, it's a great version of hood. I'm a huge fan of it. And I remember being so excited and kind of taking the fins off of the waiting, (laughs) slapping them right on this. So I went with 7.5 for Harry hood. Oh my goodness. I also went with a 7.5. We're matching Um, each other on X. That was my highest. Yep. That was uh, my highest one. This version was beautiful. The, pretty part was like extra pretty especially like remembering it i'd like to say this is this is this is like ready to eat you know you mentioned uh popping things in the oven earlier and like cooking things yeah. up but like this one they came ready to eat there's no you know what i mean like it was microwave <laughs> ready you don't even have to heat it up if you don't want to like a yeah. lunchable it basically would this this one was basically like if lunchables came already with the stuff on it very spacey and i loved it so i gave it a seven point cinco i think this was this kept alive our streak of seeing harry hood live at every time you, you and i went somewhere yeah. if it included like the msg run like the best one was the uh the 12 30 2012 show at new year's where that was the only the only new year show we saw and we were kind of like well we're probably not going to get it and then they did that's an encore (laughs) (laughs) so they were always hooking us up with harry hood um and yeah that payoff was great to me i remember just uh, this i I already had the recognition like this was my favorite one you know (laughs) even though i was still pretty early on and right fandom and uh it's just it yeah it it just is so transcendent in the moment and like i say just there's maybe there's definitely better versions of this um out there this song or even in this era and because it changes so much afterwards i feel a little disingenuous being like oh it's so much better than a five like maybe it is actually isn't but it it feels like it you know (laughs) like at the in the moment yeah and the, the, to cap off this kind of perfect like fairy tale of a show i uh i i love it i love it i'm into it <laughs> and like you said it was i think that's a perfect yeah. description and and like you said the it's it's almost like similar to the split open and melt it to end set one feels like there's a little bit of like where where there's a will there's a way fish where it's like we're just going to the we're just gonna keep reaching for this peak right. no matter how long it takes yeah. um and they can they can get there, you know, it, in and not in a way that feels so forced. It it still feels organic. No, it doesn't feel yeah. forced at all. It just was perfect. It's a great song. Just a great song. Yeah, again, um, definitely check out 
Holly Bowling does not a version of this specific one, but her Harry Hood is also really good. Listen to that album before we uh, talk on the phone. Um, Before finishing this podcast, go listen. Yes, exactly. Pause it right now. (laughs) You have all this math in your head. Use promo code. Use promo code five with a ph. Use promo code Finland (laughs) to receive. (laughs) So to close out uh, set two here, uh, we have Chalk Dust Torture playing. Mm -hmm. I guess what you could say was its traditional role. In, in its upbringing. Yep. Um, uh, I went with 4.5, probably more than you did. I like Chalk Dust more in this type of role, I feel like, than you generally do, but this is like a later period version of it. I, yeah. It's it's funny to do a song after Harry, Harry Hood to end a set because, you know, that can that in some ways could be a really perfect ending uh, of a second set. Like maybe, I don't know. But, uh, I like Chalk Dust Torture a lot, though. I just, I kind of like when fish songs have almost um specific meanings based on where they're placed in a set like if they open a second set with the chalk dust it's going to be different than if they close the second set with the chalk dust and i i respect it in both places you know like i'm not like oh uh, i'm gonna rank this one lower because it's just a straightforward ass kicking one as opposed to like an exploratory spacey one um i'd like both you know i like kind of both stances on that you know uh so yeah um, yeah yeah so i went with four and a half pretty solid version but uh, i wanted to save up a couple extra pins so there you go yeah I, I like that 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 line of thinking um i went with just a four but um like you were saying yeah i do kind of prefer it at the beginning of the set i don't really like anything after a hairy hood because of how beautiful the jam is i kind of i feel like that is my conclusion yeah. you know what i mean is is i just I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of like it capping off the set as well. I can go either way on that, but coming af- it coming after Hood, which feels so definitive, I can see being like, well, you know, did we did we need this or could this have been the encore? But I do kind of like it here because what we get for the encore is so amazing. Yeah, There's I wouldn't no trade way you'd it. There's no you'd want to trade it, right? Which is the encore is while my guitar gently weeps, the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> You know, I mean, I I gave this six fins total. I, I the thing the thing yeah, it's a it, really great I think decision to you know bookend the show with the white album stuff. It's such a great bookend. Do you know what else makes a great bookend? A sneak attack. Oh shit! Ooh, God, it gets better, better every, every time. time. You just never even see it coming. Time. Yeah, I was waiting for better it. Better every time things. Um. Yeah. No, I know you were. <laughs> Uh, what was the first Beatles song ever played by the band from Vermont, wow. Burlington, Vermont, formerly referred to as the Fish? What was the first one they ever played? Yeah. Huh. Um. Right. Let me see. I'm gonna say. Ah. Uh, I feel like it's gotta be something that's like a little bit. Like you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, oh, uh, give me a second. <laughs> I'm trying to think of if I've ever, I'm trying to think if I've ever heard an old tape like where they did. There are two acceptable answers. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. Both are on the white album, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, so then... Um, 
did they is okay why don't why don't we do it in the road was that one of the um no i was wondering if that was a vacuum so one. this is it's it's pretty random so I one of the acceptable answers would have been Ob- obladi that was in they did that once in 93 but according to fishnet lore in on uh, the 14th of november my birthday yeah. of 1985 they performed piggies acoustic wow uh and like dedicated it to someone so i want i had to go with that because i was like you know huh. piggies my favorite song probably i was from wondering the White if album. They, they had done like uh you know like i don't know like babies in black like randomly in the 80s or something yeah i was shocked that that would that that and the the, the next one is uh 93 i was really? like you gotta be kidding me like they just went that whole time without playing any <laughs> Beatles songs. I mean, more credit to you. That's well, pretty that's cool. That's like the cities the thing, like the they Beatles, did it in the late eighties, and that came back in like ninety eight. <laughs> it was way later. Yeah. Right? Uh, huh. Well, there you go. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that because I was thinking, is this a trick question? Where back in the USSR is the answer that they had that was actually the first, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There, there, there you, you have it. No, this was success. Uh, also, my first success. In, in uh, that's true. Better every time. <laughs> in the in the room though, this was really incredible. Like people were. It, it's one of those where I think usually you know by the encore, as great as it is that they come back out, you're a little bit kind of like you know eye in the door, like a little bit sometimes. You know, where it's just yeah. like this is good. Let's right. cheer and then get a. And this definitely reinvigorated. I remember like just I think you know Trey, also thanks at the end. You know he thanks everybody and it it totally caps off. I think the vibe of the show in general which was just this great celebration of like oh yeah that old band who played here all those deck like we can still do that stuff too but we can also right. do all this other stuff and play a transformative jam and play a transformative version of an old standard in harry hood so just ending it with a just a killer version of a great beatles song uh cute they do such a good it's cover great. of that. Too. I mean, it's it works great. Al, I tell you, <laughs> uh, Al, Al, this is a song by a band with these guys, <laughs> you know, you and they about, just they played some music. You're talking about a guy who's a guitar player, Al. I mean, you're talking about Trey <laughs> Um Well, man, and what I hear, I'll say it so that that it was great. Everybody went nuts, and it ended. And I remember, like, you know, shuffling out. And I'll never forget, like, what I walked outside, I think, just where, even though I had, like, a sweatshirt and a coat, I just, like, they were unzipped, and I just walked outside. It was, like, it was the best feeling. <laughs> it was just, like, it was so, it just, you know, it was, like, freezing cold outside, and you walk outside, and you're, like, oh, oh, oh yes, my body temperature yeah. is back to, like, a normal. Like, when you get to the bottom of the escalators <laughs> in MSG. Yeah. More. And you're, like, oh, more than God, that, More than over. that, though, because th- this was, so, it was so hot in there. <laughs> it was just so hot. It was so much body heat, <laughs> but it was, man, it was hot in there. Like, as great as the show was, I remember walking out and being like that was such a great show and i'm so glad that no longer like 150 <laughs> degrees uh <laughs> so uh we 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 got we got back it was an incredible yeah. night and i i still look back fondly and we looked at the set list yeah we looked back at the set list the next day and we were like wow that was really cool <laughs> i remember some of that <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it's always it, especially early on there's always that thing where there always seems like there were more songs than you remember i think that changes over time right then then eventually there's y- you remember like, or, but like y- you almost think like 
oh how long was that that must have been really that that's you know like um yeah but then when you listen you get to gauge you start to you gauge that a little bit out, but yeah uh at the time man we were uh we were we were young lads. We were both starting jobs that we both would end up eventually hating. <laughs> I was at a, you were at a restaurant. I was at a grocery store. Um, not to mention, but uh, I feel I look back fondly, really, on this uh, this show, this time period, and excitement in the fish world, and also like my life at this time. So there's a lot going back to this that. Uh, it's like this was definitely one that I wanted to pick, and I feel like I mentioned this to you. I feel like, as a programming note, I think we're gonna try to do like one that we went to out of every ten episodes. I think it would be a good threshold. Right. Um. So, do you have anything to add about uh, Glens Falls, the Glens Falls experience? Uh, uh, yeah, just it was just a great, great overall experience. Great town, great people in that town. Very welcoming. It felt like, and, um. I hope that Fish goes back there someday and that we get lucky and get tickets again because that would be a dream come true. Yeah, it was so... That was it, too. It was was like a dream. It was like, you know, this place that had this mystical show that we were so into and then to actually be in that building and them referencing it directly and and playing a show like... Like I said, like kind of playing on both sides of like old and new was like, it's pretty amazing. And just the whole experience talking to everybody and yeah it was it was it was so great but we didn't even mention the guys in front of us who had like seen fish since the 80s remember that guy i what i remember is he was like yeah you know uh you know because they had been to they were at uvm in the 80s and this guy was like yeah you know they used to play at actors but like me and my like it was a whole line to get in the place was packed with hippies and like me and my Betty were just trying to get drunk <laughs> you know, Friday night. <laughs> That's what I remember. I thought that was really funny. Like how honest it was. He's like, cause he was like, no, but we didn't know then that they were going to be like, you know, this, like we just thought they were like a cool college right. thing, you know? Um, so I thought that was pretty funny, but thank you so much. Anybody out there who is listening, Thanks, feel guys. free to contact us at five fins mailbag at gmail.com. We joke about it, but that's actually a real thing. So if it's so a if real you... thing, please do it. That would be, that would make my life. Like that would be amazing. It would be as good as a fish show. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, we want to thank everyone, not just people in Finland, but everybody out there, but kind of especially people in Finland, but everywhere in the world uh, listening to this. We appreciate it. And I'm going to start a new tradition right here, right now, which is that I'm going to announce to you and the world what our (gasps) next episode is. Are you... Are oh you ready? Goodness we, gracious. We sold you the whole seat, folks, but you only need the edge because here we go. Our next show <laughs> is. Should I do it? I'll do a drum roll sound effect here. I'll put that in. And then. <laughs> Make it a really, really bad, bad one. Yeah. I'll do it myself, like really poorly. So, like hitting the tom by accident. So, or hitting the rim. So, the next show is. July. 25th of 1999 at the Deer Creek Amphitheater. It is an amazing show. I am now the man behind the wheel of this crazy 1.0 automobile (laughs) as I'm now picking the 1.0 shows. Uh, So you get to pull this trick on me on the next one. I'm excited about that too. But yes, July 25th, 1999 at the Deer Creek Amphitheater. I like it. I'm looking at it and I'm liking it. Oh, you're going to like it, my friend. Oh, wow. (laughs) You're going to like it. (laughs) You're going to like the way we fish. I guarantee it. All right. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will see everybody 
next time on another episode of Five Fins. Ta-ta. Thank you.